Beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, as I was growing up, particularly going from 6th grade to 7th grade, so what am I, 12, 13 years old, it's in the 70s, 71, 72, somewhere right there, my life was in great turmoil. I was in torment. I was going to a new school. I had been in Lakeview Elementary School for nearly six years. I knew that building inside and out, and I knew all the teachers and the principals and all my friends. But I had been taken to the junior high, which was further away than the block away that my elementary school was. And this school was different. It had strange kids in it. It had lockers. It was unfamiliar to me. So this transition for me was a time of anxiety. I just say that to kind of set the stage for the next part. If you remember your history or you lived through it, you remember that is a trite, a, a tumultuous time. Riots were raging over the war. There was a huge drug epidemic. Specials were on TV talking about all that it's happening, uh, the drugs are doing to the people, and I was terrified as I was watching it. Rioters in the street, things that were happening in Berkeley, it was frightening times. Not unlike today. And I remember my mom, because by the time I think it was 13, Five years, I knew well, in five years, I would have to sign up for the draft because the draft was going on at the time. In five years, I was thought for sure I was going to Vietnam. So all this created a great amount of anxiety in me. And I remember talking to my mom one time about it. Now, mind you, You've got the riots going on, these things in Washington, D.C., all over the country, and this war that Walter Cronkite told me about every day. But I did the body count to find out if we were winning or losing. That's the only thing I had to figure out how we were doing. And I knew I was going to be over there. My mom said to me, honey, when the time comes, and if you have to go, you will be ready. But in the meantime, don't worry about it. Things can change. Live your life. Enjoy the summer before you go into junior high. Once you get there, you will like it. Stop worrying, she kept telling me over the course of that summer before going into junior high. Last night, at Vespers, we heard of the reading of the call of Moses. Moses was tending the flock. He had escaped Egypt. He was living a nice, quiet life with his father-in-law Jethro and the family, his wife. And he sees that bush that was burning, and he goes to investigate it. And God tells him, you are to go back to that oppressive nation. 
that's not just oppressing a people, but enslaved them, and not just simple slavery, hard slavery. Probably not too much unlike what was happening in Germany during World War II. Harsh slavery. And Moses kept saying, but I, you know, I can't do it. I don't have it. I'm stuttering my speech. And God says, I will give you everything when you get there. See this staff? Pick it up. Drop it down. It'll be a serpent. And these other things. I stutter. I will take care of that when you get there. Aaron will speak for you. Don't worry about it. But go. And we know how that turned out. And now here in our gospel, we hear something else. Remember your history. It was a tumultuous time. Roman army was an occupier. They weren't nice guys. They could care less about you. They just wanted your money. They kept you alive so you could make money to give them so that it would serve their empire. You had Jews trying to look for an upright, for a revolt. And all the other fractions that were around the area. It was not much unlike today. And that's where Jesus called his apostles. They were just going about their day. They knew the environment that they lived in. But they were just going about their day. Had they known at that moment what they were going to go through, they probably would have fled. But like my mother says, don't worry about it. When the time comes, you will be ready. That's the way Jesus treated them. When the time comes, you will be ready. In the meantime, come and learn from me. Come and feel my peace. Come and gain my courage. And he used everyday things to help them learn, particularly the use of their boats. How often were they at their boats? Oh, it was glorious. That was home for them. That was their sanctuary. When I'm out of my boat fishing, I'm in my element. I have some sense of control. can't control the fish, but this is my space. And so Jesus would use the boat out in the water when there was a great storm and he was sleeping and he would teach them who he was. When the boat was nearly swamped and these seasoned fishermen were, knew they were in peril, they woke Jesus up and said, save him. And when he calmed everything, they said, who is this that even the winds and seas obey him? Not too long later, these seasoned fishermen are out in the lake and another storm arrives. And this time Jesus is not there. He's starting to build them up, starting to strengthen them. So when the time comes, they will be ready. He comes to them on the water. They thought they were seeing a ghost. He tells them, get a hold of yourself, it is I. And then when in the end, after he grabs Peter, when he starts to sink and he gets in the boat, suddenly the wind and sea is calm. And they all said, this is truly the Son of God. And they began to bow down and worship Him. He was using their everydayness of life to encourage them and to strengthen them. He did not take the turmoil around them away. So 
slowly building them up until the last time they were out in their boats and they had caught nothing all night after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus comes out and tells them, cast out again. And they brought in such a catch and nearly sank the boats. It is the Lord, says John. Their strength and their confidence and courage in Jesus is reassured. And now, with the Holy Spirit given to them, they are strengthened with the tools they need to go out and preach the gospel. Every day is in us of life. Several weeks ago, we read an account of St. Paul and his great shipwreck account. I talked about this one weekday. He'd been out on the boat, and the sailors, they were seasoned sailors, and the soldiers were with him, were tossed around in a massive storm. Probably not much like, unlike a hurricane. And they were starting to get frightened. They were starting to throw things overboard. Men were getting ready to abandon ship. And one night Paul has a vision. And God tells him, be not afraid, Paul. You are destined to meet the emperor. Take courage. And for your sake, the men around you will be saved. And Paul related that to them. Take courage. No harm will come to you. Don't leave the boat. God saved the men around him because Paul was faithful. Paul had a destiny to be before the emperor and for his sake, as a favor to Paul, it says, he saved those that were with him. Paul was just living his life in the boat, going on to Rome, enduring all that came. He had an appointment with the emperor, but he was not spared the storm. He was not spared the trials and the torturing that he endured all the way up to that point. Ignatius of Antioch. Ignatius of Antioch died around 108 AD. So we're talking Ignatius of Antioch, Polycarp, John the theologian. I mean, he's just one generation from the apostles. And he's writing to the Romans because he's on his way to be martyred. And he's writing to them, telling them, do not stop me. Don't try to interfere. Let me be ground like wheat. But he says something interesting. He's just living out his faith. He's writing from his heart, and he says something that is important for us today. Our task, he says, is not to provide persuasive arguments. Persuasive, the word propaganda. Our task is not to pursue that. Christianity shows its greatness when it is hated by the world. Christianity, he says, shows its greatness when it's hated by the world. Just living your Christian life 
has an impact on those around you. Just as it was with Paul on the boat and the apostles when they went out to preach. Living your Christian life has an impact. If you remember a few weeks ago, I talked about um, St. Seraphim of Seraph. If you find inner peace, a thousand souls will be saved around you. That is the impact you have on your Christian life on others. And if we are living faithfully, and because we have a destiny to be in the heavenly kingdom, as a favor to us, God will save those around us. We will aid them just by us living our faith, by us being faithful. The times we live in are no different than when I grew up around 71, between 70 and 72 in that era, 73 maybe. I was kind of having post-traumatic syndrome, stress syndrome, when these things started happening. And then I realized, oh, because when I was younger, I remember this. These things were happening in the time Jesus was brought into life, brought into the world through his mother. And they were happening in the time of Moses. They were happening in the time of the prophets. Nothing new is under the sun, as Ecclesiastes says. Nothing's new. But what we are being asked is to be faithful to our Lord, to be faithful to the faith that we believe and profess. And we find all of a sudden people hating us, then we know we're doing our part in living the Christian faith because we're pricking the conscience of others. And when those great challenging times arise in our life, both in the near future and maybe in the distant future, we'll be ready for them. But for now, we're not to worry about that. For now, we are to get up in the morning. We are to live our Christian life. Do those things that the church has been telling us to do for centuries. Our praying, our fasting, our almsgiving. Living the faith. And you're preaching by the way you live your life. And then from that, some, as I've said before, are called to go out and do extra things. Some are called to martyrdom. Some are called to teaching, to preaching, and all these other things that Paul talks about. But we're not to worry about all of that. What should I do? What should I do? When it's time, God will tell you. Until then, live your life. The apostles trusted in the Lord. Moses trusted in God. Paul trusted in our Lord. And all the saints that came after them. And they endured. And the church grew. Remember, the church has always been strongest and best when she's persecuted. We are entering more deeply into those times, but it's not to be a time of fear. When the time comes, we will be ready. God will give us all the graces and strengths and words we need. But in the meantime, live your life. Go on your fishing boats and do your work. Do those things God has called us to do. But live it boldly confidently, and without fear. Jesus has called each and every one of us to follow Him. 
And he's not going to tell us everything that's coming down the pike. We have enough just for today to be our concerned about. Use today to grow in holiness. Use today to grow in the image and likeness of God. Use today to spread your faith by living it. The manner you speak to others, the respect and concern you show for others, the compassion and forgiveness you give to others speaks volumes of what you believe and profess. It's when you're living your life and not thinking about it that your true self comes out. Because then you're not putting on a show, you're not putting on a mask. It's when something comes up instantly, all of a sudden you react, the true self comes out. And we know we have to work on that. Because we know what, how our, at least I know, what happens in those situations. Paul was told not to be afraid. He had a destiny. And he was to meet with the emperor. And out as a favor to him, he would save others. And the same is with you and I. By us living our lives, if a thousand souls can find peace, when we find inner peace, think of the souls that can be saved. Just by us being faithful to our calling. Being faithful to Jesus. Have a blessed day. May be filled with the light and love of Christ. Just live your life. Live your life with joy. Live your life with conviction in God's word. Be set free from your fears and your anxieties and your worries and your cares. Do what you have to do. Do what you're called to do. Do with joy and peace. And believe in a God who knows the hearts of all of us. The good is full of us. And he's working with all of that to bring his divine plan to mind. I mean, look at the Israelites in Egypt. God worked through all of that and all the different nations and everybody was against the Israelites but he worked it all until he brought him into the Palestine. And there was all kinds of trouble. He worked it all again until it came to the forerunner the Baptist John and then our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ and he's still working it today. Have a blessed day. Be filled with the light and love of Christ. And tell others what Christ has done to you. Tell them why it's important for you to come to church. Tell them why it's important for you to receive the sacraments, the gifts of life.